my wife and I, we don't usually, we don't talk, we don't usually talk about what I'm going to preach about uh, beforehand. And talked to Pastor Jared earlier, and I just kind of gave her a synapse of some things we're going to do tonight. But I love how God orchestrates things. Yeah, she already gave my introduction. I ain't got to give an introduction. I can jump right into the word. get sometimes so caught up in doing church activities and church routines, church rituals that we forsake our relationship with Jesus. As I said on Sunday, our identity in Christ get tied to our work in the church. And my identity of who I am in Christ is completely tied to what I do and how I serve in the local church. But you are more than what your hands can do. It's so much more inside of you. If you can get, grab a Bible, look with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We did a study on this chapter with St. Joseph for a good while and as I was just wrestling between this and another passage <clears throat> look at Acts chapter 10 we see um, two, two primary people in this chapter um, Cornelius we see in the first portion and Peter in the second portion for the sake of reading the whole chapter, we're just going to read We're going to just read it, um, Acts 10 and verse 24. We're going to begin at 24. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and he had called together his kinsmen and their, and their friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, for I myself am only a man. And, he, and as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were, gathered, that were come together. And they said unto them, Ye know how that it is unlawful and an, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call anything uncommon anything common or unclean. Therefore, I came unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for and asked therefore for what intent have you sent me? Why did you, why did you call for me? When we look at Cornelius, 
Peter says, he says, it's, you know it's unlawful for a Jew to have any deal with, with anyone of another nation. Cornelius was known as a Gentile. He's considered unclean. They refer to him as dogs. Peter's a Jew. Jews and Gentiles don't have any deals with one another. You, 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 don't, you don't go into his house. You don't be seen with him. If we look at the previous verses in the beginning of chapter 10, when Cornelius is, Cornelius is, is like some of us good, good, good church folks. Cornelius, um, verse 2, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel coming to him and saying to him unto Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is this, Lord? And he said, thy prayers have come up to me as an alms, as a memorial before me. Now send men down to Joppa, for I call one Simon, whose surname is Peter, who lodges with one Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the seaside, and he shall tell thee what thou ought to do. Cornelius was a, was a man, he, you know, he prayed to God, he was devout. They call, he said, described as devout, like, like some of us good, good faithful church members. We, we, we talk to God, we serve in the Lord's church, we, we give to the needy, we give to whatever the cause is, but there was still something missing that Cornelius needed. And because God, listen, because God loved him so much that your, your presence come up as memorial before me, now what I need you to do, Cornelius, I need you to go send someone down to Joppa for Peter, and Peter will tell you what to do. And here's the thing I want to leave with you sometimes. It's amazing that we can serve in the church but have a hard time obeying leadership. It's the truth. We, we, will, we will serve at our own pleasure. We will serve as we desire to serve, but with the moment we are given instructions that we don't like. Here's the thing about Peter, about Cornelius here. The Lord says, the angel of the Lord says to him, listen, he's going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you what to do. Because there was something that was missing in Peter's life, in Cornelius' life. When we look at the Lord's church, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. God establishes order in his church by putting gifts in the church to help administrate what he's calling us to do. And those gifts work together. What, what, what does the Bible say? 
for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. When, 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 the, Lord, when the angel of the Lord began to speak to Cornelius, he's calling for one of these gifts to come and help bring clarity to bring forth, listen, to bring fulfillment to what Cornelius was doing. Because at this point in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, the Jews had experienced a move of God called Pentecost. We read that on yesterday. We read that yesterday, Acts chapter 2. Peter had experienced that firsthand. Peter had experienced the Pentecostal movement. He experienced the outpour of the Holy Spirit. But the Gentiles, who were like dogs, unclean, had not experienced that yet. So the Lord, I think the Lord began to speak to him and say, I need you to go down and send some folks down to Joppa and send for, and send for um, Peter. And what happens with Peter is this. Peter is on the rooftop. On the rooftop, and he begins to have a vision up on the rooftop. He has this vision of the sheep coming down and all these, these, these different animals on there, and the Lord says, eat. And Peter responds to this in this, in this vision he has. I don't eat anything that's coming or unclean. I don't eat things coming unclean. I want you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just walk with me. I want you to see the whole story. I'm just walk with me, just walk with me. And then Peter said, I don't eat things unclean. He did this a couple of times. And then he, and as he's, the vision kind of go back, the sheet go back up, then someone comes to get him. Because at this point, the folks on their way from Cornelius' house to get Peter. Remember I told you this on Sunday night, that when you have experience, a worship experience should lead to an encounter with the Lord. You remember that, right? I also shared with you that when you have an encounter with the Lord, then you then are compelled to be an encounter for someone else. And when we read the scripture, we see what the gifts are in the body of Christ. Even in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about those 12, those nine spiritual gifts. Those nine spiritual gifts were, listen, for the administration to do the work of the kingdom. And then you become a, a, a carrier of the Holy Ghost and, and God's power, God's anointing, and you become an encounter to someone else. So what happens here is it all begins to make sense for Peter when they come to knocking at the door. That vision he had on the rooftop begins to make some sense to him now because he's now told, you got to come to Cornelius. Cornelius want to see you. In the local church, in the local church, we have to be prepared to do several things like Cornelius we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have more than rituals and routines. We can become, listen, we can become very ritualistic. We can become very ritualistic. We we just do rituals, and we become so familiar with the rituals that it no longer has any effect on us. You just go through the motions. You 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 go through the motions of. If you, you, listen, I'm telling you, you can come to church, sit on the pew, and not, and listen, and not participate, and go home, and, and, and just like nothing happened to you. Because you have been conditioned to get up, go to church, go home. But when you come in your heart, 
and you come hungry to experience an encounter with God, then the worship experience becomes different for you because you're not just becoming to be a spectator, but you're coming to participate in what God wants to do. Amen, somebody. And we have to get to a place where we don't become so ritualistic in our relationship with Jesus Christ that we no longer expect to see him move or expect to have an encounter with him in a worship service. The church is God's vehicle to expand his kingdom. He uses the people in the church to do the work of the ministry and the work of the kingdom. If we're only gathering in the church for a ritual, then there's no kingdom being expanded and no God being edified. Nobody being edified. And no God being exalted. When we look at what's happening here, Cornelius needed Peter to tell, Cornelius needed Peter to tell him what to do. He needed Peter. You need the gifts that God has already put in the body of Christ to help you be all God called you to be. You need the gift. Not only do you need the gift, you need to know what your gift is. You need to know how can you partner with what God want to do. What part of what part of your... Here's another thing you got to understand. I think Pastor Jerry said this earlier. When you in order to encounter a, a move of God, some part of you got to die. <laughs> it, 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 it's going to cost you something. I, I haven't read anyone in the Bible that God used that it didn't cost them something. It costs you something to serve the Lord. The, the, the reason why it costs you something, because if you, if, you, if you go in with everything you want, everything you need, then you don't need God. Some part of you has to die, listen, so that you can be perfected for the work God calls you to do. So when Cornelius, when, when, when Peter arrives to Cornelius' house and he enters in, we, we pick up there at verse number 24, we pick it up as Peter arrives to the house and we have to understand a few things. We have to obey, be obedient to God. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. You can't halfway obey God. I don't, listen, you just disobeyed God. You, you ain't no way around it. You, you can't halfway do what God said. It's, it's like saying, are you saved? What kind of sorter? Either you is or you ain't. You ain't no kind of sorter. I, I said I ain't. I did say I ain't. You have to be able to obey God completely, wholeheartedly. Here's the thing. It challenged everything Peter knew as a Jew to obey God. Yes, it did. It challenged his Jewish traditions, what he knew as a Jew, because Jews did not, they have no dealings with Gentiles. So you mean to tell me, you're going to come tell me to go to his house? I got to, I got to use my gas? Burn my, my time to go see somebody that I know I'm supposed to be fooling with. It challenged who he was as a Jew. 
God does not want you to be convenient when you serve him. Sometimes serving God is an inconvenience in your lifestyle. Amen, somebody. Serving God is an inconvenience to your, listen, to your comfort. It challenges what you know. God, God know me. He know I ain't going to do that. But do you know God? Because if you know God, God don't care how much you know him. Peter was being challenged and stretched. But the Lord had already prepared him for what was to come in the vision. He already prepared him. Eat, eat, eat this. I don't eat that. It's, it's unclean. I don't eat what's coming unclean. I, I don't eat those. Eat it. I, I don't eat it. But then now he, he gets somebody, hey, come, go, see the, go see the Gentiles. The Lord was preparing him for the assignment that was ahead of him. And many times we miss the assignment because we failed the pre. Listen, you failed the pretest. Because you're so caught up on God, know me, I ain't going to do that. God, listen, when, the, when, when Peter had that vision and when Peter, when the Lord told Cornelius to send somebody down there to get Peter, the Lord knew Peter was a Jew. The Lord knew Peter was a Jew. Yes, he did. He, he knew Peter wasn't supposed to be seen messing around with Gentiles. He knew that. But that didn't change with the plan that God had in Cornelius' life. God does not change his mind because you don't want to change your heart. God does not change his mind. He wants you to change your heart. God does not, listen, God does not operate in your convenience. God knew who he, God knew who he wanted to use. He wanted to use Peter, and he knew, he knew Peter's conditions. He knew Peter had a little, little mouth on him. He knew Peter had experience, but he also knew Peter had experienced God. He knew Peter knew who the Lord was. Just like Job. Ooh, y'all want to talk about Job. Job got tested because the Lord said, because God bragged on it. Have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. Do you, do you see it? It's because of Job's faithfulness that he was considered by God to be picked on. And the same thing here, because God knew Peter, and he knew what Peter had. He knew the anointing on Peter's life. He knew the call on Peter's life. He knew the, listen, he knew the kind of glory that Peter walked in. He knew that only Peter could get Cornelius what he needed. Instead of saying, God, don't use me, because he chose to use you, what does that say, God? What does, it, what does that say about you? Think about that. Because God wants to use you. What does that say about what God sees on you? <laughs> what does that say about how God feels about you? That he will choose you to do an assignment, listen, that's bigger than you. That he will choose you to do an assignment, listen, that will cause other folks to talk about you. 
you know Peter going down there to see Cornelius. You know he going down there to see Cornelius. You guys have talked to him. But here's the thing. When Peter got to Cornelius' house, this is what I love about Cornelius. This is the one thing I love about Cornelius. Cornelius was anticipating Peter's arrival. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Cornelius was anticipating Peter's arrival. He was anticipating it so much so that the Bible says that when, 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 Peter, when Peter arrived there, Cornelius met him, fell on their feet of worship. Verse 24 says, And Cornelius waited for them and had called together all his kinsmen and near friends. Cornelius, not only did he obey the angel when he said, go down there and get Peter and send him, but he said, I'm going to have Peter come unto my house. I need to have some folks here to hear what Peter got to say myself for themselves. So when Peter got there, it was not just Cornelius that was in the house, but Cornelius called his kinfolk and his friends. Y'all go to the same church, ain't never invited nobody in your family to church with you. Ain't never invited your co-workers to your church. Ain't never invited the people, your neighbors to the church. You know your neighbors don't go to church because they be outside when you leave. And be out there when you come back home. So you know they ain't going to church. But you ain't never, you ain't even asked them to ride with you to church. You're not going back to the same place afterwards. That's not even inconvenience. <laughs> Help us, Holy Ghost. But here it is. Cornelius is excited about what the Lord's going to say through Peter that he wanted other folks to witness it too. If you are excited about what God is doing, then you ought to, know, you ought to want somebody to hear what God is doing and witness it too. Yes, you should. You should want someone else to witness what God is about, what God is about to do. Not what he's done, but what you think he's going to do, what you hope he's going to do. Cornelius was preparing for what he was hoping God to do. Amen. That's what faith looks like. Faith is pre preparing for what you want God to do. And because Cornelius was, well, listen, Cornelius had it, he was doing all the other stuff right. He was praying, he was giving, he was devout. Ooh, I got Peter coming to my house. I want everybody to experience what Peter going to do. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be a church. Listen, that want other people to at least experience our God. You ought to want people to at least experience him. Because it's when they experience him that they just might have an encounter with him. It's through the experience. It's through the exposure. Expo listen, exposure is monumental. When you can expose people to something new in Christ, it creates a hunger for them to want to see it again. 
That's how people get high and get addicted because they tried it, it got high, and they liked it. And what they want to do, they want to get high again. People get addicted because they liked it the first time and they want to try it again. And this time they want to get higher than they got before. And because I've done that before and I've got tired of it, I want to try something different because that don't work no more. It works the same way for God. When you've seen God move, when you have seen God move in your life, you're like, oh, God, you did it this time. I know you will do it again. And you look for God to do it again. You expect God to do it again. You desire God to do it again. Why? Because if he did it one time, and if you, and if, listen, if you're real radical, he ain't got to do it for you. I seen him do it for my mama. God healed my mama last night. If God can heal my mama, ooh, what he can do tonight? You got to have the kind of faith that, ooh, God, you ain't do it for me, but I seen what you can do. I know you can do it. I know it's in the realm of possibility. It's in the rim of possibility. Hallelujah. And because it's in the rim of possibility and God has no respect of persons. Are you looking for God to do it? Are you looking for him to do it? Cornelius was looking for God to do it. How you know? Because he has some folks that are with him. He has some folks that are with him. He wouldn't have invited folks if he wasn't expecting to see something supernatural. Because then they would have felt like they wasted their time. And he would look like a fool. He invited them because he was completely sold out that God was going to show up. Completely sold out that God was going to do something absolutely supernatural. And I, I wanted somebody else to witness it because they would believe it if I said it. You ought to bring folks just to see what God do in your life. He'll make a tablet. Expect God to do it. Cornelius had an appointment with God that he was not going to miss. And isn't it amazing that while the Lord was speaking to Cornelius at his house about sending somebody down to Joppa, Peter over here on the roof having a vision, preparing for the assignment that's on the way to get him. It is so important that you are in your place you need to be so that when God speaks, so that when God speaks, you're ready. 
it's, it's, another, it's another story here in the Bible. I, I love this Bible. I'm telling you, that you ought to read it every night. You ought to read it sometimes. You ought to read it sometimes. In Acts 16, now when they had come throughout Phagia, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Y'all read that? They, was, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. What you mean? They, the Holy Ghost said don't preach the word? Oh my goodness. And they went from there to Messiah and essayed, essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. What you? They can't go there either? It's something about being what God wants you to be. It's, it's, it's something divinely important about being what God wants you to be, even when you're trying to do a good thing. Ooh, you better catch that. They were trying to preach the word, and the Holy Ghost said, no, not here. Preach the word, they went somewhere else. The Holy Ghost said, no, not here. And they were passing by Messiah and came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Peter in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia. And he prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. They wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Ghost needed them in Macedonia. So every no is not the devil. You can't buy, don't be buying the devil up because God told you no. That ain't the devil. It's called a Holy Ghost detour. In retrospect, I'm quite sure you got plenty up. You can recall when the Lord saved your life. You, you, you didn't realize until afterwards. A Holy Ghost detour. It's, the, it's something divinely important about being what God wants you to be. You got to be able to obey God and move in God's timing. Moving in God's timing, listen, it's it's paramount in the life of a believer because you don't want to be outside of God's will. You don't want to be outside of God's will. So, it's a, it's so, so we see Peter here, Peter, not Cornelius here, he, he had a divine appointment with God and he made sure his family and friends was present to witness it. Serving God sometimes requires accountability. Your walk with God is made easy when you have family and friends who are there on the journey with you. The Lord had a word for Cornelius, but he was not stingy and wanted to keep it to himself. He wanted to share what God was going to say. And Cornelius arrives to the house. God will make you to be the encounter. Peter gets to the house. And Peter asked the question, why you sent me here? Why you sent for me? Why did you send for me? I'm almost done right now. So my wife already told you her testimony. She already shared with you her testimony about, you know, I got empty. So now I need something else to fill me up. And a lot of times we get so caught up in doing church work that we're empty. And we keep busy 
so we don't realize how empty that we are. We occupy ourselves sometimes to sometimes get away from the reality of our own world. We get busy doing stuff. We keep moving and operating and doing stuff. I remember my mother-in-law passed. My wife's mother passed. I, I, I cleaned the house all that day. I cleaned the house all that day. I just cleaned, I, I was washing dishes. I was already washed. I was just washing dishes. I was sweeping the kitchen floor. And my mom came in the kitchen and she was talking to me. And while she was talking to me, I just kept washing dishes. I said, yeah, I'm fine. She said, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm still just moving because as long as I'm moving, I ain't got time to deal with my emotions. And she said, stop. Look at me. And I stopped. And the moment I stopped and looked at her, I broke. Because I, I, had, I had nothing to, to occupy my mind, my time. And a lot of times we get busy in church because we don't want to deal with our real issues. Or we don't want the pastor to see our issues. So as long as I can stay busy, he ain't got time to lay eyes on me. Or I get close to him, become his friend, he won't see me. Cornelius waits, Peter's arrives. Peter asks, why do you send for me? Cornelius began to tell him the story, what happened to him, how he was at home, and the angel came to him and told him to send for you. And then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Because he understands at this point, I'm in the house of a Gentile. I shouldn't be here. There are, how many people have you overlooked that you walk by because they don't look like you, talk like you, vote like you? Amen. You ain't got to get quiet now. How many people do you walk right by and you don't look at them, you don't talk to them because they don't look like you, come from the same community as you, they don't vote like you? Listen, people will, people will marry somebody of a different race but they would not marry somebody of a different political party. I ain't lying. Yeah, and sometimes Rose Hyde and Arbor become a, 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 a deal breaker. <laughs> but we have to realize Peter made a bold move by simply showing up at his house. The first part of obedience is just showing up for God to use you. He says, God has no respect of persons. Then he goes on here, he says, but in every nation he hath feared him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent me, sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace of Jesus Christ. And then Peter begins to preach. And when Peter begins to preach, something happens. Something happens that had not ever happened before in the life of the church. That's when revival broke out right here at Cornelius' house. Those who, that person that was considered a dog, 
unclean, unworthy. And the Lord sent revival to his house. They were hungry for revival. Cornelius is expecting God to do something. He gathered people in his house. And Peter began to preach the gospel. He began to preach it. He began to declare it. And things began to happen. And, the, and listen, Cornelius had folks with him and Peter had folks with him. And the Holy Ghost fell out in Cornelius' house. The Gentiles got filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in tongues. They began to shout. They began, and then the people with Cornelius, with, with, with Peter, they were in awe. They're like, what's going on? They were in amusement. They were amused, astonished, the Bible says. They were shocked. Because what they had experienced as Jews, what's now happened to these folks, they call dogs. But God has no respect of persons. All he wants is your heart and your desire to have more of him. And he will meet you at your point of need. Cornelius was doing everything. He had, listen, he was doing the right thing. But he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And some of you are doing the right thing. But you need the Holy Ghost. You're so conscious of what you don't have that you're missing on asking God for what you need. You're asking to do like so-and-so are doing, or be, or be as gifted as so-and-so, but brother so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, sister so-and-so, they can only do that because they have the Holy Ghost. You see the glory, but you don't understand the story. There's a cost to the oil. It's a cost to the oil. It's a cost for the oil. You may want the oil, but do you understand what it takes to keep it? Help us today. Help us today. We have to desire not just to serve in God's church, but we have to desire the Holy Ghost to be effective in God's church. We need the Holy Ghost to have the power in God's church. See, anybody can give you an eloquent speech and call it a sermon, but everybody can't demonstrate the power, the signs, and the wonders that will follow. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to school and learn how to write a sermon. <laughs> I ain't going there. I ain't going there. You can go to school and learn how to write a sermon. You can go to school to learn how to say some spells. But you need the Holy Ghost. Over in Acts number 8, when Simon, when Simon the sorcerer, listen, Simon the sorcerer, he got, he got saved. Yeah, Simon got saved. Because Peter was over there, Peter was preaching, Peter was casting out, Philip, Philip was preaching, casting out demons, and then Simon the sorcerer saw what he was doing, and Simon said, I want Simon to see Jesus Christ, and then listen, Simon began to walk with Peter. 
But something happened because then the apostles came on the scene. Because the apostles heard of the work that Philip had done. He had got folks saved. Yeah, that's a good, a, a, good, a good illustration that you not only need to be saved, but you need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Because the apostles had heard what Philip was doing. He heard about Philip preaching and, and casting out demons and, and getting folks delivered. He heard, the apostle heard about that. So then they came down to see what's going on. And when they came down to see what's going on, they began to pray, lay hands, and they got filled of the Holy Ghost. Well, when Simon the sorcerer saw this happening, Simon said, how much that cost? What can I pay you to get that kind of power? You need to be saved and delivered. Because when, when Simon saw that manifestation, now we, we have two different Simons here now, two different Simons. Simon in Acts 8, I want you to stay with me, and the Simon in Acts 10. They're not the same Simon, all right? But when Simon saw that happening, the sorcerer Simon saw that happening, he, want, he went back to what he knew. Sorcery. Witchcraft. Yeah, he was a sorcerer. When you read the Bible, it says the people were in awe at what he could do. Yeah, they were in awe at what he could do. So it's important that we don't get so caught up. <laughs> but you need to be saved, delivered, and full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You need to be saved, delivered, and full of the Holy Ghost. We talked earlier this week about the spirit of addiction. How you can get, you know, you get focused on the manifestation that you want to get rid of. We're going to say drinking. You focus on want to deal with the manifestation of drinking. So you deal with that. But the root system of addiction is still there in the ground. So because you only dealt with what was on the surface, when you get over that, something else begins to bloom. That takes the place of addiction. So you, it's important that you begin to uproot the root system of addiction So that you can be completely free. What am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm glad you asked. We keep going around the same mountain. We keep going around the same mountain because the same root system is in place. Peter came to give Cornelius freedom. And the Lord told him, hey, you need to send Peter down there because Peter got what you need. And I will give you pastors after my heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Isn't it amazing? Come on, Pastor Jerry. Isn't it amazing that the Lord will love Lot Rose so much that he will give a piece of his heart for Lot Rose to Pastor Jared and then send the whole gift of Pastor Jared to Lot Road. 
Samuel, go Samuel, go Samuel, go Samuel with him. Isn't it amazing that when you consider how God structured his church, Ephesians 4 and 11, he gives some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. He gives pastors after his heart that will feed you. Isn't it amazing that he will put his heart, God will lock his heart into these two for what his vision, plan, and purpose is for Lot Road. Isn't that amazing? So, so when you when you when you come against the heart of God, help us today, Holy Ghost. When you come against the heart of God, you're really coming against all of heaven and don't even realize it. Because you think you're just talking to Lori and, 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 and Jared. But this is the piece of God's heart for Lot Road. And just like, just like the angel of the Lord came into Cornelius and said, go down to Joppa and send for Peter. The Lord began to speak to Lot Road and said, go down to Loosedale and send for Jared and Lori. I put my heart for y'all inside of them. And they're going to tell you what to do. And whatever they say, do. <laughs> Help us, Holy Ghost. That God will put his heart in humanly form. I know we got the same thing you know, when you vote for a pastor. You think you voted, but go ahead. It's mine made up before you even cast your first vote. <laughs> go ahead. It's mine already made up. <laughs> so imagine what would have happened had Cornelius not obeyed and Peter refused to submit to the areas where he was challenged. Peter was challenged to go to Cornelius' house. <laughs> he was challenged to go to Cornelius' house. He, he was challenged to, to obey what God, because he challenged everything he knew as a Jew. He challenged everything he knew as a Jew. It cost. <laughs> it cost to carry the heart of God for his people. It, it costs. It, it, it costs. It costs sleepless nights. It costs worry. It costs headaches. It costs pain. But it becomes even more hurtful when you reject the heart God planted. Any, any heart patients here? Any heart patients had a heart transplant? You got to be seen by the doctor continually to make sure your body don't reject the heart. Jesus, help us Holy Ghost. I, I wasn't planning on talking about none of this. This ain't even in my notes. But you have to, you, 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 they have to be seen so that the measure of the body don't reject the heart. Well, 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 who do the pastor see when the body rejects the heart? 
Who, who does the pastor see when the body rejects the heart? I don't know what God's saying, who God talking to. You just better listen. But God will love his body so much. He loved Cornelius so much that he saw what Cornelius was doing. It was a good work. It, the Bible said he was devoted. Devout. He gave. He prayed to God. He did all the church stuff that we do. But he still needed something from somebody else that was not in his household. The thing about church, I've been in church my whole life. I'm pastor where I grew up at. Our church now be 98 years old next next month. I'm, I'm 41 years old, been pastoring three years. And God will love his church so much that he would strategically plant the part of he, his heart that he know that body needs. Cornelius was doing all the right stuff that church folks do. But he needed something else. And the something else he needed could only come from somebody else. And it was, listen, listen. Cornelius could have sent for Peter. Peter could have came and not opened the door for him when he got there. But not only did Cornelius open the door and let him in, he had folks that were waiting on him. He had folks that were waiting on him. And when he began to open his mouth, the Holy Ghost fell out. Holy Ghost fell out because they were eagerly anticipating and desiring whatever Peter was going to say. Whatever he was going to say, they, they was eager. They was on the edge of their seats. And something happened. We read it yesterday. They were in one place, in one accord. Ah. You remember it? You remember it? You remember it? They were in one place, in one accord. And the difference between Acts 2 and Acts 10, Acts 2 was for the Jews. Acts 10 was for the Gentiles. Acts 10 was for the Gentiles, in, in case you didn't know. <laughs> As I close tonight, I'm done. I'm done. As I close tonight, it's so good to see y'all, St. Joseph. I see you, St. Joseph. Y'all looking good, too. As I close, I don't want you to leave here without a new commitment to God. We could become so conscious of 
everything that's happening around us that we miss what God wants to do in us. Tonight, and Pastor Wing gonna take us even, Pastor Wing gonna, gonna, gonna take us out of the funk tomorrow, so come back there, Pastor Wing. But I want you to leave here tonight with a new commitment, a hunger and desire like Cornelius, where you're willing to obey and you're ready to have an open heart to receive whatever God has for you. But then I want you to be like Peter. Well, you don't mind being challenged. You don't mind being stretched for the sake of obeying God. You don't mind talking to those who are cast down. Who, who are looked down upon, who, who others have walked by. You, you, don't, you don't mind, listen, serving the least of these. Tonight, I want you, each one of you, to make your own personal commitment in your heart. Because I know I can do better. Whenever I do a survey, I don't care where I go. They send the little surveys out. I never score a perfect score on surveys. Never. I just, I never. You got to be really, 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 really good to get a perfect score on a survey from me. Because I believe there's always room for improvement. As believers, Don't ever see yourself as having arrived. Don't ever see yourself as having arrived, having already done it, having, having already, you know, I've served in every capacity in the church. I've been here for 50 years, and it's, I'm just ready to, I'm just here making sure you do right. I'm just here to make sure you do right. Stay within the parameters I've established here. God does some of his best work with his older people. Uh-huh, he does. We got a seven, eight-year-old lady right there that went through some deliverance, is on fire for God. I believe that God wastes nothing in your life. Nothing is wasted. Everything is for his glory. Everything for his glory. As you stand on your feet, and the, the worship team, y'all come on up and y'all can give us a few worship songs. Because I'm about, I'm about, I'm about done. If you're ready to make a commitment to Christ, just right where you are, just lift your hands up, close your eyes, and I want you to talk to God. You need to start with repenting for missing the mark to begin with. Repenting for getting in your own way. Repent for coming against what God was doing. 
repent for thinking that you knew it all. You had it all together. Repent. Stop with repentance. Yeah. Ask God to soften your heart. Ask God to soften your heart. To help you forgive the person you said you'll never forgive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ask God to soften your heart towards them. You said it. Mm-hmm. Some of you need to. Listen, you need to repent for the words you've spoken. You've cursed your own life with your words. You've cursed your own life with your words. You say, I, I never do this, I'll never do that. You've cursed your own life with your words. Renounce those words. Renounce them. In the name of Jesus, renounce those words. Some of you have made ungodly alliances and allegiances with people who you know don't mean you any good. renounce those alliances save those ungodly soul ties yeah 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 let it, let, it, let it go 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 yeah, let it go your only loyalty should be to God if you are loyal to God you can serve anywhere if you are loyal to God, you can serve anywhere. Listen, and God will provide and make it all right. If your loyalty is to God and God alone, yeah, God, I trust you. Renounce alliances you've established with other people. You should have already thrown some things away on Sunday night. If you haven't, you need to still throw some stuff away. But God wants all of you. And He wants you to be focused, like my wife said, on what He wants to fill you with. The Gentiles, listen, up until this point, I want to say it was like seven to eight years past Pentecost when this happens. At this point, they probably was cool with not having the Holy Ghost. It was, listen, they had been used to being considered to be unclean. They had become used to being considered dogs. They had become used to it. But God had a different plan for them. become comfortable living below the standard God has called you to live at. Don't become comfortable living below the standard that God has called you to live at. God's plan is perfect for you. He desires to prosper you give you hope and a future.
is God's will that you should live and not die. It's God's will that you be like the Gentiles. You get, you get what you weren't looking for. You get what you didn't thought you needed. <laughs> yes. God's plan for your life is bigger, is greater than any and everything. And as we worship, I'll just lay it all at God's feet. Just lay it at His feet. Make it personal and intimate because God wants to meet you right where you are. 